Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I want to welcome you guys back to another amazing time in the Lord and welcome to Shift. Let me get a squat. <laughs> welcome back, guys, uh, to an, another amazing week. I know it's Tuesday night, but hey, you you picked a great way to start this week. Um, I'm excited for what tonight is already. For those that do not know, my name is Baca. I am the young adult pastor for Shift College and Young Adult Ministry um, of the amazing World Changers Church International under the direct leadership of our pastors, the amazing Pastor Creflo and Pastor Taffy Dollar, our spiritual parents, man. I just want to welcome you guys. Uh, tonight will be uh, life-changing. If this is your, again, if this is your first time here, we are now in our Technically, our third part of our series, Unbecome, um, and we're, it's funny because it's the third part, but it's like the third part of the first section, uh, <laughs> but tonight, man, I just want you to just have your expectation out there. Um, it's it's really, tonight's going to be good. I'm relying completely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I already know that there may be some interruptions, uh, so because you are here, the word says that where two or more gathered in his name, that he is there in the midst. So that means that Jesus is here with us because I'm here. My wife's here. Jesus is already here. And you came here, too. So that means you brought it with you, too. You hear me what I said. All right, guys. So I'm going to go ahead and pray this thing in. We're going to get started. All right. All right, Father God, we just thank you and praise you, Lord God, for this time. We thank you, Father God, for what you have already caused to, to, to be in motion, what you have already set in place, that before you started, start, you knew today would be exactly what today has been already. And we just declare that it is blessed. We thank you, Father God, that you have not only created this day specifically for us, but also, Lord God, in that we can rejoice knowing that today is our day. This week is our week. And we just thank you, Father God, for this word tonight. We thank you, Lord, that it's all of you and none of me, Father. Holy Spirit, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords. I declare that it will be an understanding. It will be revelation knowledge. I bind up any satanic attempts or, or any type of distractions that try to come in, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, for the word behind the word. You are our teacher, Holy Spirit. So we rely on you. We rest in you knowing that you have already, already taught us the whole thing. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you. I'm just excited, and I'm so happy that I get to get be used by you. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for our church. And Lord, we, let's just let's just go. You you, this all you got. I'm gonna just let you be you, God. In your name, Jesus, we pray. And all that agree said, Amen, Amen. All right, y'all. So tonight again is part three of Unbecome. Uh, I'm the title. I guess if you want to call it that, <laughs> the title for tonight's message is, Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that? Mm, 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 mm. Who did it? Who said it? Who told you that? So that's that's what we're talking about tonight. Um, you know, we're 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 just off of the uh, like last week's message being unlearn and the art of unlearning. Um, even when it comes to unlearning, you have to also examine where did you get the information that you got. Where did you uh, where did you get this this mindset or this way of thinking or where did you start to process the things that you process? Where did you get it? Who told you that? Who told you that? Because a lot of times we just accept things as truth, but a lot of times it's not really the truth. A fact is not the truth. A fact is a is is just what's what's right there. It's a fact, but a fact can change. The truth is constant. So 
We're going to get straight into this. Uh, I want us to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 6 through 11. Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 through 11. So, as you know, like, as we've already been, been starting with this, we started this series even in the in Genesis. And as you already know, Genesis 1, God created heaven and earth. God created everything. Genesis 2, he pretty much created it, created it. He created it, created it. <laughs> and Genesis 3, that's when we, we do find out about the fall of man. And if you do not know, um, because I, I've been told that some, there are some people that think that the first book of the Bible is James, and um, I'm just going to pray for you and uh, praise God for your ministry. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, yeah, so let's go. Like I said, we're in Genesis uh, chapter 3, and we're, this is literally right after Adam and Eve ate of the tree. So we're starting at verse 6, and I'm in the message translation for those that are wondering. So in verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the tree looked good, when the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating, excuse me, and realized what she would get out of it, she know that she would know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband, and he ate. In verse 7, immediately the two of them did see what's really going on, saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together and makeshift as makeshift clothes for themselves. In verse 8, when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden. They hid from God. God called to the man, where are you? In verse 10, he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. In verse 11, God said, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were naked? So again, if, if that's your first time hearing that, and you're like, well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> God created uh, Adam, placed Adam in the garden. He made everything. He told Adam, he gave him specific instructions. Do not, you can eat of anything. You have a whole plethora. You can have anything, all, eat of any tree that you that you want, except for that tree. Don't touch that tree. Well, Adam was put to sleep. God took a rib out of Adam, made Eve. Well, at the time he made woman, because after the fall, that's when Adam named Eve. Anyway, so <laughs> he made he made woman. He made the woman, and then after making the woman, eventually uh, she was tempted by Satan. Satan came in the garden as a snake and pretty much deceived her and pretty much told her, hey, you know, the reason why God doesn't want you to eat from this tree is because he knows that when you do, you'll be just like him. So she was pretty much like, wait a minute. So I'll be just like God. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it does look pretty scrumptious. And that's what we just picked up. So she ate from the tree, gave it to Adam and so forth and so on. And uh, so I asked this question again. Who told you that? Who told you that? As we see in the text that God was saying to Adam, like, who told you that you were naked? I, I didn't tell you you were naked. Oh, Oh, he said, did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? Did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? Because that's the only way that you have knowledge that you are naked, right? So, and it's funny because Ayana and I, we were talking about this and we kind of were getting a little a little deep into it, to be honest, as far as um, 
you know, when it comes to like where Adam was when when Eve was being tempted, was he right next to Eve? Uh, <laughs> did he also hear Satan telling her that you'll be just like God? Was he just stupid and didn't open up his mouth? Well, you know, so many different things, but but it's crazy that to to see Adam and Eve, and I'm gonna just be honest. A lot of us we find ourselves blaming Adam and Eve, like we blame them on a regular. Like, man, see, it's y'all fault. Because, look, because y'all y'all ate from the tree. God told you not to eat from the tree, and you ate from the tree, and now we're in all this mess. Now this happening, that happening, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, especially women, like, girl, now I got to have periods. Now me having a baby, it hurts. Like, so we blame Adam and Eve. Um, But if we really think about it, a lot of us, we continue in that same heritage. <laughs> this not, this now, before you get any thoughts, this is not any type of condemnation. This is us. Us, us just being honest, right? A lot of us find ourselves in these same situations where God will tell us or has already told us not to eat from a certain tree and we'll find ourselves eating from a certain tree, right? He'll tell us not to do a certain thing. And we're like, well, maybe you're holding something back from me. So because you're holding something back from me, maybe I should go ahead and eat. Maybe it's reverse psychology. You're telling me not to do it because you know when you tell me not to do it, then I'm going to do it. Um... Nah, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. So again, I say this one more time. Who told you that? Who told you that? And this applies to every area of your life. Who told you that? And you can leave that, whatever that is, who told you? Or in other words, where did you get this information from that you are that? That this is that? Where did you get your information from? Where's your source? Cite your sources because really, when we think about it, a lot of us, we only have our information from whether it's experience or someone else's experience. So a lot of us don't actually know the truth. We just know what we've been told. So who told you that? Or if I want to use uh, use our, our, our street language, I don't even want to say street language. That's so stupid. But uh, <laughs> who's your plug? Who's your source? Where are you getting this information from? It's funny that a lot of us, we love to be in the know. We love to be know-it-alls. I don't know if it's just an ego thing. I don't know, but we have this thing where we we just have to know. <laughs> we got to know everything. And it's like we, we find ourselves thirsting for knowledge, but we don't always check our sources. Why? Why is that? Why is that? Because it goes right back to the garden. We're thirsting for knowledge and eating from the tree of knowledge. We're thirsting for knowledge, but we're not, we're not, we're not taking the time to examine our sources. One more time. Who told you that? Who told you that? All right. So instead of finding out the truth, we hold on to facts and we call them truths. But the issue is facts change, but truth is constant, as I've said before. So turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And I'm actually going to read this from the Passion Translation because I really like the way it says it so eloquently. So Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. 
Now, this is, to be honest, that's one of my my life scriptures. Me personally. Personally, that's one of my life scriptures. And as I was kind of, I guess, preparing for this message, and to be honest, as I've been thinking this whole year, I've been, it's it's been a lot, (laughs) as you all know. It's been a lot, and it's been pretty heavy. And, um, and I found myself having a lot of questions, like a lot of questions. And, and some questions God has been answering some questions. I'm still waiting for the answer. It just is what it is. But I've been having a lot of questions, a lot of, a lot of just thoughts, a lot, just a lot of a lot. Right. But the thing that I do know is that at the end of the day, I cannot be God without God. And what I realized is that actually is what was happening in the garden. That was, and I, I'm just, this is, this is my translation, <laughs> my interpretation, but that was the sin in the garden. Because what happened was that God made Adam and Eve in his image and in his likeness. He made us just like God. He made us just like him. Like we see that in in chapter one, verses 26, 27. Like we see that he made us in his image and in his likeness. But literally two chapters later, Satan comes to tempt Eve and says to her, well, God doesn't want you to eat from this tree because he doesn't want you to be just like him. But he made us just like him. And I've been really thinking about that statement or that just that, that thought itself because I've been like, all right. If God made me just like him, then why would I eat from a tree thinking that I'll be just like him? And I realize it's because a lot of us would rather be like God without God. Because God wants to, God actually wants to, he wanted to show Adam and Eve how to be just like him. Because he already made us in his image and in his likeness. He already created us that way. So, But God wanted to actually take us by the hand and walk us through our, our DNA, showing us this is how you respond, this is how you move, this is how you think, this is how you call, this is how you speak, this is how you stop, this is how you go. He wanted to be the one to show us that and show us how to be just like him. But eating from the tree... <laughs> was taking him out of the equation saying, all right, well... I got the shortcut. I got the I got the um the the uh the Cliff's notes version of being like you. And I feel like that's 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 actually what happened to be, in my opinion. Like because otherwise what was the whole thing about? Again, Satan said, "Well, God doesn't want you to eat from this tree cuz he doesn't want you to be just like him." So Eve wanted to be she ate from the tree trying to be like God apart from God. And that in itself is sin. So let's um, let's go to. I have three passages I want to read, and we're gonna I'm gonna uh, we're gonna read these. I'm gonna kind of add a couple points. We're gonna let Holy Spirit do what He do, and uh, yeah, we're gonna just make it do what it do. Y'all feel me? All right. So let's go to Mark chapter two. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. All right. Mark 2, 1 through 12. And I guess I'm going to read it from the message. 
Yeah, I'll read it from the message translation. All right. So here we go. Verse 1. After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and word got out that he was back home. A crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so no one could get it, get in or out. He was teaching the word. They brought a paraplegic to him, carried by four men. When they weren't able to get in because of the crowd, they removed part of the roof and lowered the paraplegic on his stretcher. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to the paraplegic, Son, I forgive your sins. In verse 6, some religion scholars sitting there started whispering among themselves, He can't talk that way. That's blasphemy. God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew right away what they were thinking and said, why are you so skeptical? Which is simpler, to say to the paraplegic, I forgive your sins, or say, get up, take your stretcher, and start walking? Well, just so so it's clear that I'm the son of man and authorized to do either or both, he looked now at the paraplegic, get up, pick up your stretcher, and go home. And the man did it, got up, grabbed the stretcher, and walked out with everyone there watching him. They rubbed their eyes, incredulous, and then praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. Oh, (laughs) which is easier, to forgive a man of his sins or to tell him to get up and walk? I'll wait. I want you to tell me, like, which one is easier? Hey, your sins be forgiven. You're forgiven of your sins. Or to tell a paraplegia to get up and walk. Which one is easier? Hmm. (laughs) Which one is easier? Obviously, it's crazy that it's just the, the thinking of it is it's easier to tell someone for Jesus to say, your sins are forgiven than to tell someone that is <laughs> a paraplegic to get up, grab your bed, and you walk out. Walk out of here. But it's crazy that these, these scholars, <laughs> these religion scholars, the ones that it, I'm sorry, it, it always gets me that you can be a religion scholar and you can have the Son of Man directly in front of you, and you still are trying to teach him. You're trying to tell him that you know more about him than he does. Because that's the sense, like, what are you doing? Like, only God can do that. It's like, no, I'm actually his son. You're not his son. How are you his son? <laughs> You're not his son. I'm a religion scholar. I'm a scholar. I'm I'm well I'm well versed. I'm studied. I have degrees on degrees. My degrees have degrees. I know this word front to back. And Jesus is like, but I am the word in and out. But these religion scholars are sitting there trying to literally uh find any way to prove to Jesus the son of God that they they know more than him. That they know more than him, and it's it's crazy because, like, to be honest, I, I really love the way Jesus responds to people. Like, he's ice cold. You hear me? Ice cold. To have to be sitting there in a room, in a in a meeting place, 
and you have these religion scholars sitting there whispering to themselves like, man, who does Joker think he is? He gonna tell him to, to he gonna, oh, he forgiving sins now? Who is he? He ain't got no authority. And Jesus like, well, first of all, I am authority. All authority has been given to me. Man, listen. So which one is easier? Forgiving of your sins or to get up and walk? You know what? While you're thinking about it, get up and walk. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just this. Um, I, I'm not saying Jesus is petty like I am. I have petty tendencies. Um, they, they call me Petty Winslow. But <laughs> I could see, I like, I don't know. I could see myself if I'm sitting there telling them, like, all right, which one is easier? Um, your sins be forgiven or get up and walk. I can say, I'll sit, I'm like, oh, you know what? Which one easier? Hold on right there. Hey, get up and walk. <laughs> you know, like, because cause it's, it's the audacity that you have to come and tell God that you're God without God. Because religion, in my opinion, and I, honestly, I'm going to just call this what it is. I'm, I'm going to stop saying my opinion. This is this just this is the, the book of Baca. I guess it is my opinion. <laughs> but for me, religion is the attempt at being God without God. Because Jesus did not die for religion. God didn't create religion. It's man-made. Jesus died so we can be connected back in relationship with God. God wanted a relationship. He didn't want religion. Religion is man-made. Religion is something that man said, you know what? If we can put God in this in this box, in this circle, we can bubble God, then we can package him and reproduce him in different places. But God can't fit in your box. He doesn't belong in your box. But for some reason, that's that's the way we feel. That's the way, especially these some of these religion scholars, they rather know God with they rather try to be like God without God. Nah. So, who told you that you know more than God? Who told you that? All right, let's go to our next uh, scripture. This is this is another funny one, and um, this is uh, we're gonna go to Luke chapter ten, verses thirty-eight through forty-two. Luke chapter ten, verses thirty-eight through forty-two, and I'm I'm still in the message translation. Luke ten thirty-eight through forty-two. All right, <clears throat> so this is Mary and Martha. So here we go. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and make him, made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, dear Martha. You're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Only one thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. <laughs> this is a lot of us. A lot of us find ourselves being uh, Martha, <laughs> just being honest. Like a lot of us, because we busy ourselves on things that God didn't even tell us to do and get mad when God doesn't notice. And that's, that, it's, it's, it's asinine. It's busy work. And Martha was doing busy work because she wanted to impress. But God is like, 
who told you that that impresses me? I don't look at I, I look at the heart. And Mary is doing the, the only thing that matters. She's being fed. She's sitting at my feet. She's listening. She's learning. She's 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 absorbing. She's she's gleaming. But you're so busy that you don't even see that <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to impress me. When at the end of the day, this blesses me. So who told you that God is impressed by by your your um your your hard work? Who told you that? You want to know what impresses God? Doing the work of God, which is believing God. Hmm. I'm a, I'm a, let me go there real quick because I know. I know, um, I know some of y'all are like, wait, what? All right, so go to go to John 6, 29. I had to find it. Go to John 6, 29. And let me see. Okay. All right, so the work of God. <laughs> so actually in verse 28, it says, Then they said unto him, What shall we do? And I'm in the King James right now. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? In verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. That's the work of God. That's what God wants you to do. And let me go ahead and read it from the Passion Translation real quick. So in verse 28, it says, They replied, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? In verse 29, Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. So Martha is so like, man, come on, man. Like I'm, I'm putting in work, God. Like, don't you see me working? Don't you see like I'm putting, like y'all sitting here, I'm trying to make sure the house is kept up. I'm making sure y'all got refills on your drinks. I'm saying it's my pleasure every single time. Like I'm, I'm making sure you good, that you're, you're comfortable, the AC is on, all of this, but nobody's noticing. What's going on? And she's getting stressed out. She's, she's being agitated, annoyed, frustrated, all of the above. And Jesus is like, Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, 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 <laughs> Martha. <laughs> He's like, you're doing too much. Be easy. It's okay. Mary has chosen the right thing to do. It's really the only thing that matters. Because all the other stuff, look, if we're thirsty, we'll go get a refill. I appreciate your accommodation. But if we need something, we'll go get it. I got all these men here. They'll do it. <laughs> but the point is, who told you that that impresses God? told you that mm. Mm -mm -mm. all right so let's go let's go to our um our our next scripture and this one is another one so we're gonna go to john chapter 20 <sighs> yeah so john 20 verses 24 through 29 all right so it, and i'm gonna read it from the passion passion translation so it says in verse 24 and this is after jesus died this is after jesus um he was crucified after he resurrected so this is the disciples, they're all together, and they pretty much, they, they saw Jesus appear to some of them, but Thomas wasn't there. Excuse me. <clears throat> so that's where we're picking up. So verse 24, and one of the 12 wasn't present when Jesus appeared to them. It was Thomas, whose nickname was the twin. So the disciples, this is verse 25, so the disciples informed him, 
We have seen the Lord with our own eyes. Still unconvinced, Thomas replied, there's no way I'm going to believe this unless I personally see the wounds of the nails in his hands, touch them with my finger and put my hand into the wound on his, on his side where he was pierced. Mm. Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others in, were in the house together. And even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them. Peace to you, he said. Then looking in, looking into Thomas's eyes, he said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Here, put your hand into my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. Then the word spilled out of his heart. You are my Lord and you are my God. <clears throat> in verse 29, Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. But there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts, and they will be blessed even more. <laughs> so who told you that seeing is believing? Who told you that? I wanted to 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 especially show this, um, go through this last that last passage because I know a lot of us we. I mean, shoot, I've said it. <laughs> I've said it that, man, it's like, I know God is real, but, like, if I can just see him, like, I just want to see him, like, and then I, like, really know. Like, <laughs> but really when you think about it, seeing is not believing. Just because I saw something doesn't, that doesn't mean that I believed it. That just, that's not belief. That's, that just is what it is because <laughs> you saw it. Now, when I say that, because you're like, you you could be like, what? No, seeing is believing. Like, no, seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. It's, it's, it's a backwards thing because you have to believe to see, but you don't have to see to believe. If you're going to see something, you got to see it before you see it. And that's believing. And that takes faith. But a lot of us, we, to be honest, we kind of cut out faith and say, well, I have to see it. That's, that's not, that's not faith. <laughs> that's not faith. <laughs> this whole thing is about faith. Like Jesus said, if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, then you can move this mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea. If you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, he didn't say if your eyes are, are as big as a mustard seed that you can move this mountain with your eyes. He didn't say that. He said, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed. But a lot of us wait, we wait to see it, to say we believe it. But that's, 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 that's not really how it works. That's not, that's not faith. That's just, like I said, that's just is what it is. Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. You have to believe to see. So, where where am I where am I going with all this? Where I'm going is as young adults, we have to not only do we have to, of course, unlearn, but we have to also, like for real, examine where we're getting our information from. Because a lot of us are just accepting everything and like we're we're accepting everything we see on the news. We're accepting everything we hear on the um, 
shoot on on social media we're we're accepting everything and i i to be honest I, it kind of blows my mind when i'm like how is it that we accept everything that clearly isn't true but the truth is hard to believe like we accept everything everything we accept like really when you and when you go back i'm not gonna say certain things because i'm a i'm gonna i'm not trying to jump out to certain areas but we believe things that aren't true before we believe what is true. You know how I know? The reason why I know is because <laughs> we hate people while they're here, but then we love them when they're not. Like we 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 hate on people, we 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 cancel people, we throw people out. We um we're like we we don't like and I'm not saying hate as in oh I hate you um like racism or anything like that, but I'm saying we're not we don't we don't <laughs> we don't love the gifts that are around us until they're not around us. Because for some reason it's always an issue. And I, I don't know why we live this backwards, like with this backwards mindset on things. Rather than appreciating the gifts that, that are here, we wait until we don't have them and say, Man, I wish it was there. I wish we had that gift. Man, you know what? I missed that certain thing. Or you know what? I wish that, that was such whatever the case may be. But it's like, and that that same type of mindset is the same mindset of uh, that really that Thomas had. That Thomas is sitting there like, you know what? All right, I know that y'all saw him. I know. Okay, I get it. And I, honestly, I don't understand what will make you have the audacity or be so um, so bold and 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 strong in your belief that you were not gonna believe that he he's alive. Until you can touch them for yourself. Are these not your boys? Are these not your people? But a lot of us have, we we have that same mindset. And it's like, <laughs> everybody around us can say, hey, don't go there. Don't do that. Well, you know what? Until I, I go and I jump off the bridge myself and I see my leg was broken, then I know I can't do it. And we're like, Okay. I guess that's what you want to do. I guess that's how you want to live your life. But my point is, why why do we why do we act like why do we act like we don't need God? Why do we act like God isn't real until we need him to be real? Because people act like they don't believe God. Let's just be honest. They act like they don't believe God. But let something happen to them, then their belief comes out. Because when the pressure's on, what's really on the inside of you comes out. Because you're like, Lord, help. God, please don't let me. Lord, please. Shoot, I remember. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't care. I remember a time when um I was uh I was being stupid. And I had uh sexual intercourse with a young lady, and I believed that she was gonna be pregnant after the after the the interaction. And I screamed out in the car, driving home at three in the morning, said, Lord, help me. I don't want her to be my baby mama. <laughs> no. And I cried out and I was like, I was being stupid. <clears throat> but I wasn't saying that 15 minutes ago. But I cried out and I was like, Lord, help. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, just not, I, I wasn't. Don't let her be pregnant. Please don't let her be pregnant. Please. Please. 
and I was scared. But what was really on the inside of me came out when the pressure was on, when that reality happened, or when that light switch hit. And <laughs> this is about to be very controversial, what I'm about to say. But I'm just going to say it. Some of us oh, are, are living this, this lifestyle where we're so... I guess uh, we feel so untouchable or we, we um, I'll give the example first so you understand what I'm saying. Um, some of us see life like, like we're in this club, right? And in the club, all the lights are on, the music is blasting, is, you know, everybody's having fun, everybody's dancing, and, and we see life like that. Oh, man, it's so much fun. Oh, my goodness. And we spot a girl, a young lady or a young man, and we're like, oh, man, ooh, Ooh, uh, she bad or ooh, he can get it or whatever, whatever it is that we were saying at the time. I'm saying this is this is before we were saying before the illustration. Just follow me. And we 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 respond like that, and then we're ready to take the person home, not knowing that we're being affected by the environment. We're being affected by the lights and the the music and the the smells and the sounds. We're being affected by all of that, so we don't actually see what's in front of us. We see, uh, we see this, this illusion of what we think is in front of us. And some of us need to go and into the bathroom and some of us need to get the, get it out. What I mean by that is, cause I know some of y'all are like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> what I mean by that is some of us need to brush the dust out of our eyes. We need to wake up to what's really in front of us. We need to wake up. We need to have a, a coming to the end of ourselves. Just as the prodigal son, he came to the end of himself. That was his moment where he nutted up and he was like, oh, what the freak is going on? <laughs> because sometimes we have this, when we, we become so flesh driven <clears throat> that we, we, <laughs> we forget that we can't be God without God. Because now we're, we're so in our flesh, we're so consumed in, in our feelings, we're so consumed in our emotions, we're co so consumed in our senses that we forget that we're actually spiritual beings. We're spirit beings. We are, our life, like we walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, that's not just the bumper sticker. It's not a t-shirt. That's actually a reality. We walk by faith. That's why I said seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. You have to believe to see. That's why, that's how you can walk by faith and not by sight. If you walk by sight, then you're relying on your senses. If you walk by faith, you're relying on what you're sensing. You're relying on your spirit leading. You're relying on, on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, acknowledging God in all of your ways and he'll direct to your path. You're relying on my, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. That's what you're relying on. But for some reason, we only rely on God when we have to rely on God. And God is like, who told you that? Who told you that you're naked? Who told you that you only need me when you need me? Who wants to live a, have a relationship like that? Who wants to be involved with somebody that only needs them or only comes to them when they need them? I know God doesn't. So who told you that I don't want a relationship with you? Who told you that I'm this, this sitting high up, high up in the sky God, twiddling my thumbs, watching all hell break loose, and it's not breaking my heart? Who told you that? Because my Bible also tells me that, that the same... Uh, Jesus is touched with the same the same feelings and the same things that we we feel. 
He feels what we feel. Well, how come he don't do nothing about it? How come it's like it's like God not doing nothing? It's like all oh, this is going on. Like where you at, God? Where you at, God? Man, listen, listen. God gave that power to you, but we forget all that. We forget that we have the power. Who told you that you're powerless? The fact that you're a new creation in Christ, you have the power. <laughs> well, how, what, how do you how do you how do you say that? I mean, I don't. How do you say? I don't get it. No, I don't have all the power because God is in control. Like God is in control, so it's not. Uh, uh-uh, no, he's just he's just not there. He's absent, and that's why I don't fool with God. God created all things, all things. We all know that. But in verse in Genesis one, in Genesis one um, twenty six through twenty eight, again, this is what I our. Read earlier or mentioned earlier too. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of earth. You might have just missed that. Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. You know what? Because you, because you probably don't really get it. Let me go to, let me go to the amplified version real quick. So verse 26, God said, let us father, son, and Holy spirit make mankind in our image after our likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all of the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So we're crying out, saying, where's God? (laughs) And God is saying, where are you? Who told you that I did not create you in my image and in my likeness? Who told you that you have no authority on this earth? You want to know what's what's happened? A lot of us have been duped. A lot of us are living this nightmare on Elm Street, not realizing that Freddy Krueger's only power is the fear that we give him. And we're walking around, it's a nightmare. Oh man, it's a nightmare on Elm Elm Street. One, two, three, Freddy's gonna come for you. I forget the song, but if you've seen Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know what I'm saying. Freddy Krueger had no power. His only power was the fear that they gave him. But when there was no fear, he was powerless. I I don't know how many other ways God has to say it. Um... I don't I don't know how how plain he gotta put <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know how um I don't I don't know how else he he needs to say it. Uh let me read this one more scripture. Um just to just to close this out. Go to Romans eight and nineteen. Romans 8 and 19. Let me get there myself. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Passion Translation. All right, so Romans 8, 19, I'm in the Passion Translation. It reads, 
The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And I don't know why we don't see how plain and simple God is. <laughs> the fact that God wanted a relationship with all of us and he created all of us. He created each and every single one of us. We then sinned against what he told us not to do because we decided, you know what? I can be just like God and I don't need, I don't need God to be like God. We can be equal. But God made us equal. We sinned, God protected us, and came up with an entire plan to restore us back to Genesis 1 and 2. An entire plan from, um, from Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, uh, Isaiah, Job, um, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In the end of John, Jesus died. We're back to Genesis 1 and 2. But God still said, it's your decision. I not only created you, but then I came into what I created to save you, which is who I created, just to show you that I created you for a purpose that's bigger than you. And he still said, but it's up to you because it's your choice. I can't make you be saved. I can't make you accept me. All I can do is say, hey, here it is. This is who I am. This is what we got. What you going to do with it? And we just read in Genesis 1 and 26 that God said, it's under your authority. And we said, but I ain't got no authority. Oh, I gave it over to Satan. Okay, cool. You gave it over to Satan. But then Jesus took it back. And he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever you call on earth, heaven agrees with you. <laughs> That's why it's important for us to have the mind of Christ and knowing that we have the mind of Christ. That's why we've been made righteous. God made this thing so simple that we got to be stupid to miss it. And to be honest, a lot of us are being dumb. We walking around mighty dumb because we think that it's something else when God is like, no, it's right in front of your face. If you don't like it, change it. Who told you that you're powerless? Who told you you have no authority? If you don't like it, change it. And a lot of us are so are so like stuck in what we're what's happening around us that we're forgetting the essence of who we are. We are gods, lowercase g. We're just like our daddy. Our DNA is him. Our DNA is him. But a lot of us are missing it. A lot of us are missing it. And to be honest, I find myself missing it too. Because it's easy to get caught up. We're human beings. But until we say, you know what, if I wanted to be different, I have to want it to be different. I can't say, oh, be different, be different. When is somebody going to make it different? It's like we're walking around screaming to see who's going to step up to the plate. Man, I wish somebody would do this. I wish somebody would do that. I wish somebody would lead this. I wish somebody would start that. I wish somebody would do this. We're asking all the wrong questions. We're saying, how come somebody won't do it? Not realizing the fact that we can say, why wouldn't somebody do it? It's us saying, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it, child of God? What is that thing that you've been, you've been, you've been sitting there like, Lord, when are you going to change this? When are you going to do it? God is like, do it. 
I give you permission. Here, do it. This is the other part. And we'll we'll get into this maybe next week. Um, last thing with uh the prodigal son with his older brother. The crazy part is when the prodigal son came back, the father threw a party for him. He um, you know, he accepted him back into the family. He he threw a party, he killed the 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 the, the fatted calf. He he got his robe, he put the ring on him, all this blase blah, all the other stuff he did to him, right? The older brother was upset because he was like, I've been here with you this entire time and you never threw a party for me. You never threw a party for me. You never gave me your robe. You never um, celebrated me and the fact that I've been honoring you. But this, your son, this boy here, he leaves off, squanders all his money and then comes back and you want to celebrate him. But you can't even celebrate me. And the father's response to him is, you're my son. You're with me. If you want a party, throw a party. If you want my robe, you know where the closet is. The point is, we're sitting there crying out for something that God already gave us access to. The only issue is we won't take it because we're scared because we don't think we deserve it. Because we're afraid because we think we'll be we'll be uh, disappointed if we put our expectations out there and God says, no, that's not it. You're not the one. That's not what's going on. Who told you that? Where are you getting this information from? Some of us just, this is what needs to happen. Some of us need to shut up and read our Bible. Some of us just need to do that because some of us just don't get it. Some of us are ready to talk. We're ready to debate. We're ready to go back and forth. We're ready to point fingers. And really what we're doing, we're becoming religion scholars rather than relationship experts. And I don't mean relationship experts as in trying to, Oh, this is how you have a relationship, but an expert in the relationship that you have with God, meaning that you take time to, 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 to work and to cultivate and to get to know who God is for yourself, not who God is based on what somebody else told you, because the longer you do that, it'll be the longer that you'll miss it. And the longer you'll be walking around as a mime with all this power, all this power, you have the power it's in you. So what you going to do with it? And that's it for today. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Um, Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for, for what you what you revealed to me, what you revealed to each of us. I thank you, Lord, for the word behind the word. And I praise you, Father God, that tonight's word, tonight's message will, will go forth and it will continue to impact lives upon lives upon lives. And it will not be it will not come back to you void. So I thank you, Father God, that what you sent it out to do is exactly what it will do. So right now, Father, I just pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord God, for their lives. I thank you, Lord God, for their their um, for their eye, the, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. And I thank you, Lord God, for the change that has already happened. We are your sons and God, so we decide today to walk in our rightful place, that we will no longer continue to be duped and continue to be misled and, and stuck on what somebody else calls a fact. But instead, Father, we will understand that you are not only the truth, you are the way and you are my life. So, Lord, we rest in that and we, we grab hold of that and we will not ever let go. So I praise you, Lord God, for that right now. I thank you, Lord, for the freedom. I thank you, Father God, that we get to live this life the way you've called us to live it. And I thank you, Father God, that today marks a day, marks a day in our life, Father, that we will now walk out knowing it's in my hands and I cannot continue to complain and cry about what's in my hands. If I don't like it, I can change it. So I praise you for that right now, Father. 
And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of this tonight? Um, I, I I thank you guys for for um for I just thank you. <laughs> I thank you for being here because it's literally just me and Ayana. So um I thank you guys because I can only just continue to do what God told me to do. Um, that's it. So, uh, so yeah. So before I get out of here, I know that some there were some things said tonight. And if you're like, man, I wanna, um, I'm ready to stop playing these games. You should be. You should be ready to stop playing these games. So, if that's you and you're like, man, all right, where do I start? Well, it's simple. Let's get you saved. So I want you to repeat this after me. We're going to make this as simple as possible. I want you to repeat this after me if you are ready to get saved. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died and rose again for me. That you gave your life so that I can have your life. So cleanse me and forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm saved. That's simple. But it doesn't stop there because it's not just mouth work. You believing it in your heart. You knowing that, you know what? I, I believe that he died for me. And as you believe that he died for you, he died for you. <laughs> you didn't have to see him to know that he died for you. You don't have to see, oh, oh, there he is. Yeah, he died. You don't got to. Believing is seeing. When you believe, you see him on that cross and you see him walking out of that tomb. Believing is seen. So, um, oh, sheesh. All right, so now that you prayed that, <laughs> uh, I want you to uh, text the word I'm saved to 51555. We want to get some information into your hands. We want to, um, we, we want, we want to get some stuff into your hands. Just, that's just it. <laughs> Because it's not a thing that, that God is like, oh, well, you're saved. Go figure it out. And I say this every week, but some of us feel like that, and we just won't be vocal about it, that we don't know where to start, and we feel like we got to figure it out. But that's not God's heart. He doesn't want you to have to figure it out. He wants to walk with you. He wants to walk with you and show you how to be just like him. So huh, I'm about to get out of here. And, man, as I continue to say, man, God is too good too good for us to live a bad life so get in where you fit in <laughs> i'll see y'all next week bye y'all